Greetings, everyone. Welcome to Ujima Spirit Podcast. I am your host, Tika Taylor. Today's topic is understanding the mother and daughter conflict. Yes, we're going to explore what's going on between mothers and daughters. Why is it that they just can't get along? Let's go ahead on, let's get a little background, a little history about women, not just mothers and daughters, but women in general. Now, once we understand the problem between women, then we could kind of understand or get a better understanding of what's going on between mothers and daughters. Now, women have complex or challenging relationships with other women because of their internalized inferiority complex. This negative mindset was imposed on them through the oppressive system of patriarchy. As we all know, patriarchy promotes the concept of male superiority, male supremacy, and male dominance while excluding females. Under this dysfunctional social construct, Males are valued more than females. Males are perceived as a precious asset and given special privileges, while females are seen as a liability. Because females are not given high standard, respect, or appreciation, they are at risk for developing low self-esteem problems. Now, under the control of patriarchy, females are exposed to sexism, misogyny, and male chauvinism. These negative ideologies promote oppression, discrimination, exploitation, and abuse of females. This problem is so serious that it negatively impacts every aspect of women's lives. So the root cause of the conflicts between mothers and daughters is patriarchy because patriarchy basically teach women to hate themselves because women are a suppressed and an oppressed group they internalize all the negativity that is hurled against them somehow they feel that they're not good enough that something is wrong with them because they're being told that Every time they are discriminated against, abused, exploited, discriminated, oppressed, this is the message that they're getting. Now, we're not just talking about individual women. We're talking about women as a collective group. Now, some women obviously are not going to undergo some of these problems. It depends on where they live, their communities, their family background, their educational background, economics life circumstances, so they may not be exposed to a high level of sexism, chauvinism, or misogyny. It all depends. But overall, it's systemic. It's institutionalized. Sexism is institutionalized within the systems and a society. So at one point, all women will experience it directly or indirectly. So because of this problem in the society, women develop inferiority complex. 
they develop low self-esteem. Now, if they have a problem with themselves as women, obviously they're going to have a problem with other women. And it's a given that their daughter is what? A female. So she is going to internalize the negativity against women. She's going to feel bad about herself. And then she's going to project that same negativity to other females. And this is basically what's happening between mothers and daughters. Now, it doesn't stop there. Like I said, it's happening between women. It doesn't matter the relationship, whether it's mother and daughter, whether it's best friends, whether you have female boss, female supervisors, female judge, female police officers, female doctors. It doesn't matter. Any woman, if she internalizes patriarchal values, which basically promotes the inferiority of women, she is going to become a sexist. Yes, a woman can be a sexist when they believe in the superiority of one gender over the other. When they believe that one gender is more important than the other. Yes, women can be sexist. Just because they are female doesn't mean they can't be a sexist. They can actually go against their own selves, their own nature. And in many cases, we have women who are promoting sexist ideologies. We have women who are promoting sexist traditional roles. We have women that keep the system of sexism going. They perpetuate it unknowingly sometimes, and sometimes they are fully aware of it. But yet, because they are benefiting from it personally, they do get their own little privilege, and so they keep the system going. So the root cause of female conflicts with females we just discussed is patriarchy, all right? So now we're going to go ahead on and get specifically between mothers and daughters, but we can't talk about mothers and daughters without really talking about women in general, because a mother and daughter, they have something in common. They both are females, okay? So we're going to go ahead on and discuss what happens when these females develop low self-esteem. And because they have low self-esteem, they're going to develop a lot of problems, a lot of issues, personal issues. And because they have all these problems, of course, it's going to affect their relationship with their daughters and other women. So let's go ahead on very briefly find out what are the issues, what are the symptoms of low self-esteem that women who are living in sexist societies experience. And because of these issues, they have problems in their relationship with each other. And of course, that spills over to their relationship with men as well. But we're not going to be talking about that right now. Right now, we're going to talk about the mother and daughter relationship. All right, now, lack of self-love. How can she love herself if she's convinced through social messages that she isn't valuable or lovable? So if a woman live in a community, in a culture, in a society that pretty much promote that she's not lovable, they're not saying it directly, is how she's treated. The position that she has in that society, the role that she's playing, anything that is feminine, is basically considered to be less than and not good enough or inferior. 
or questionable. All right. So a woman is taught not to love herself because she is not appreciated as a collective group. Of course, we have women on an individual level who are appreciated by their husbands, by their fathers, their brothers, their grandfathers, and by other members of their family and people in the community. We're not talking about individuals here. We're talking about women on a collective level, right? Everything that is feminine is basically considered to be less than, not good enough, and bad. So because of this lack of self-love, a lot of women are incapable of loving their daughters and other women because they don't have any self-love. Now, lack of self-confidence. She doesn't believe in her own worth or abilities. She's told that there's nothing special important about her. Being a female is seen as being weak, inferior, or stupid. So if she's told that in so many words, in a lot of communities, females are not allowed to go to school. They're not allowed to continue in education. They're not allowed to do meaningful work. And the work that they do as far as childcare and taking care of household um, responsibilities, those things are looked down upon. They're not seen as anything important or special. You have a, a mother who's taking care of a sick child. She's not given the same glory or or uh, uh, applaud just the same way that a doctor in the hospital would be taking care of someone. All right? I mean, she's teaching her children at home. And she's not given the same value as a teacher who's getting paid in the school or a professor who's getting paid to teach. She's doing the same thing. So women in general lack self-confidence because in the society, anything that they're doing, whether it's housework or working in certain professions or contributing certain things to community, it's not valued. So she lacks self-confidence. Now, lack of self-discipline. She's, she's not taught how to control her emotions, desires, and will. She's treated like a child and told she's immature. So we're talking about women on a collective level. We're not talking about individual women. Okay, women are seen as children. They're treated as if they're children. Like they don't have a certain amount of intelligence. They don't have a certain amount of maturity. This is how a lot of women act. Impulsive, emotional. And they say, oh, she's she's emotional. She has her hormones, whether it's puberty, whether it's pregnancy, whether it's menopause, whether it's some type of hormonal issue. Women are dismissed. So a lot of women, because they're dismissed, because you know they're not spoken highly of, they're not acknowledged for their strength and their discipline. A lot of women think that by nature, they're not disciplined, which is not true. Now, lack of self-expression. Women are afraid to ask for what they want. They don't want to upset other people. They don't want to seem needy or vulnerable or too emotional. So lack of self-expression, that is part of low self-esteem. Now, self-doubt. They don't believe or have trust in their own abilities, their talents, their skills, their intuition, because she perceives herself as not good enough or damaged. Negative self-talk. Women are, are speaking negative to themselves. They're speaking to themselves how society speaks to them. There's always some type of criticism, put down. Something's wrong, all right? Can't accept positive feedback. Women are shy. They don't want 
people to praise and adore them. They think that that person is lying because they have been told for centuries that they're not good enough, that they're not worthy of anything positive, positive attention, compliments. They're not worthy of that. So when you tell a woman she's beautiful, she just doesn't know how to accept that. You know, she thinks you're lying. She thinks you're kidding because she cannot accept that. Now, fear failure. A lot of women are afraid to fail because it's expected of them to fail. So they don't even want to try because they they really do believe that they're going to fail. Fear of failure. And sometimes the opposite, fear of success. Because they're told that they're not going to be successful. That they're going to fail. So either way, they're afraid. Afraid to fail because they're expected to fail. Afraid of success because they're expected not to be successful. So sometimes they don't even try. We're talking about women collectively. We're not talking about individual women. Now, again, it all depends on how severe the sexism is or the oppression is where they live. Sometimes it's minimal and sometimes it's quite traumatic. It all depends. Now, self-sabotage. Because she doesn't believe that she deserves better or she's not worthy, it becomes easy to settle for less and be comfortable with negativity. So whenever something good is going to happen, she's afraid that it's not going to last. She's afraid that it's going to be taken away from her. So she just messes it up to prevent herself from being hurt or disappointed. That's called self-sabotage. So a woman with low self-esteem is going to self-sabotage all the time. Now blame others. She don't want to take responsibility for actions or things that happen in her life. All right? Because somehow... She feels less than not good enough. So she's not going to take responsibility. Being taking responsibility is a sign of maturity. And a lot of women with low self-esteem are not mature. They've been damaged. They've been traumatized. So their growth is pretty much stunned. So they don't have the level of maturity that other people may have. Pessimistic attitude. Don't expect anything positive to happen. They always see the world in a negative way because the world has been negative towards them. If these women are living in poverty, these women are being sexually abused, they're victims of domestic violence, of sexual assaults, of discrimination. And, you know, I mean, again, they're always in a bad situation constantly. They're experiencing some type of trauma or unfavorable situation. So, yeah, they will be pessimistic. They will have a negative view of life. They will see the glass as half empty instead of half full, especially if they keep trying and they keep being pulled down. Low standards. If you're pessimistic, you're going to have low standards and low expectation because a lot of women are accustomed to negativity. They don't have high standards or expectation because they always expect to get less than and they always expect to get burned or get hurt. Now, some women display jealousy between themselves because they're insecure. All right. They're triggered by their sense of inferiority because they feel less than they're not good enough. So when they see other women with what they want or what they're lacking, then they get jealous. They see a woman that's more beautiful than they think they are. They see a woman that's successful. They see a woman who's very charismatic or charming, a woman that's outgoing, a woman that's not letting anything stop her. She's going to go forward. Of course, they're going to be jealous. Because they have low self-esteem. And that's one of the signs of low self-esteem. Jealousy, insecurity, self-doubt, low confidence. Now, sometimes they be defensive. Very defensive. Very overprotective, guarded, or aggressive. 
for no apparent reason, so it seems. But subconsciously, they're afraid of being taken advantage of. They don't want to be exploited. They don't want to be used. They don't want to be abused. So they want to just protect themselves by being very defensive or aggressive. All right? It's that kill or be killed mentality. That be a prey or be a predator mindset. It's one or the other, either or, and which is not good. You don't have to be a prey. You don't have to be a predator. You don't have to kill and you don't have to be killed. You know, there's a neutral zone. There's a middle ground. But because they have low self-esteem, they don't know how to do that. Now, indecisiveness, they're unable to make personal decisions. And because they're plagued by self-doubt, they're confused. Fear of being wrong or rejected. Fear of making the wrong choice. So they become indecisive. And a lot of women are like that. Not because innately there's something wrong with them, but because they've been taught to doubt themselves. They've been taught not to trust their intuition, right? Now, testing others. They're always testing others because they really don't know where they stand. They're trying to see if people can live up to their expectations or desires. They're playing mind games, pushing people over the edge just to see how they react, crossing boundaries to see what they can get away with. This is sort of like the survival of the fittest kind of thing. You know, this is how they think. They like to test other people, push them to the boundaries to see what they can get away with. And this is a person who is immature. This is a person who has all type of personal trauma. All right. So low self-esteem can lead to many emotional problems. All right. It can lead to a lot of emotional and mental health problems that can prevent women from developing healthy relationship with others, especially other women. That is the core problem. And some women can't even become bullies. They abuse other women. They have the need to be in control because they feel weak, powerless, or helpless. They want to gain some type of control over other people's lives because they don't have no sense of control over their lives. So this is a serious problem. This is why women don't get along. Because of the low self-esteem and these type of negative behaviors. Sometimes women feel guilty and ashamed because they feel unwanted or rejected. Right? And, and so that, that leaves them with a lot of emotional baggages. They feel like it's their fault that everything is bad or wrong. So they feel guilty. They feel responsible for their situation. And they may, may be responsible for certain things because they're making poor choices. But overall, they're not responsible for the system the institutions of patriarchy that are set up to work against women. They are set up to oppress, use, and abuse women. They're not responsible for that. They're just responsible for their own decisions, how they deal with their own personal lives. Now, a lot of women like to do things to get attention. They want to be noticed. They want to be acknowledged. They want to be liked. They want to be accepted. Why? Because they need external validation. They're trying to feel good by gaining other people's approval. They don't like being ignored. They don't like being ignored because if a person ignores them, they feel like that person is dismissing them. That person is overlooking their worth or their value. Now, because they lack the self-love and the self-confidence, they cannot validate their own selves. They cannot accept themselves as they are because they don't feel good enough. So because of that, they tend to look towards others for external validation. And this is why they do the things that they do to get attention. And women do that a lot by dressing provocatively, the way they dress, just to get attention. 
and they're not getting attention all the time from other men. Sometimes they do it to get attention from other women. They want other women to be jealous of them, to see them, to notice them, so therefore validate their existence. Okay, you have women who are very loud and noisy. They like to come in and make a scene. Okay, that's their way of getting attention. You have women who are very aggressive and disagreeable. You know, that's their way of getting attention. You have women who like to take risks, you know, unnecessary chances. All right, they like to be with bad boys and, you know, uh, outcasts because they get a lot of attention. They do risky stuff, you know, sometimes they wear loud makeup or loud perfume or wear their hair in a way just to get attention. And sometimes they, they do things just to get sympathy. And that's, you know, they, that's, that's one of the ways they get attention is by making you feel sorry for them. You know, they're trying to dis- decide who's, who's worse, who's more stressed, damaged, or traumatized. Trying to get attention through sorrow and pity. Right. So these are the things that some women do because they have low self-esteem, spoiling others. Sometimes they like to spoil other people going beyond to 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 gain some type of social recognition, acceptance or approval. They will bake cookies and they buy presents and they will sacrifice. They think that if they are martyr, if they give everything and spoil other people, they'll be liked because of their low self-esteem. Now, some women withdraw or they become isolated. They're feeling out of place, feeling rejection, fear of rejection, or they don't want to be judged. They don't want to be criticized. So sometimes they withdraw. They don't like to be around other peoples, especially other women. Now, arrogance. Some women are trying to overcompensate for a flaw or weakness by bragging or exaggerating about specific characteristics or attributes. Okay, they're emphasizing on the external beauty, materialism, their status, their education, their intelligence, you know, their experience, their their personal ventures. We have a lot of women who are very arrogant, but that is a sign of low self-esteem. To be arrogant is to have low self-esteem because somehow you feel that you're lacking, that you're not good enough. And that's the reason why, you know, you have this extra this and extra that. A lot of women now are focusing on their bodies. You know, they get a lot of cosmic surgery to get attention and and to feel validated, to get external validation. And that's not going to help. All right. So we just discussed all these symptoms of low self-esteem. Now, imagine a woman raising a daughter and she is so damaged that she is suffering from some of those symptoms most of those symptoms or all of those symptoms. Now, how can she have a good relationship with her daughter or any other woman if she is suffering from low self-esteem because of being oppressed and abused, exploited, or hurt? So even if she's not oppressed and abused directly, the fact that she is part of the group of women who are being oppressed And knowing that any minute she can be victimized, she can be hurt, she can be used and abused and exploited. I mean, that within itself is very, very traumatic. Knowing that any minute anything can happen to you because you're a woman. And it's kind of difficult for most men to understand that. Now, men who are from oppressed groups, from quote minority groups, can definitely relate to that because they go through the same thing. Now, women who are from minority groups... They have it bad both ways. 
they have it bad because they belong to a particular race that people despise, racism, and they belong to the gender, sexism that people despise. So they have it bad in both ways. So let's just stop here for a second and just think about it. How can a woman have a good, healthy relationship with her daughter when she doesn't have a good, healthy relationship with herself? When she feels so bad about herself, when she doesn't really feel good about herself, when she's having all type of difficulties, challenges, and problems. And if she's feeling all those things, obviously she's not going to be able to have a good relationship with, with her daughter. No, Now, let's just be honest. All women are not naturally good mothers. Some women, due to their post-traumatic stress disorder, their mental health problems, their addictions, their personality disorders, and or any other problem they may have, they're not fit to be parents because they're not in a healthy state. All right? Now, we do have women who have all kinds of problems. It's not that they're victims of sexism only. They have other issues. And I just discussed some of those issues right now. I just pointed them out. They may have drug and alcohol addiction, personality disorders. They may have mental health problems, past traumatic events. Maybe they were raped. Maybe they were abused as children. So these women, in addition to living in a sexist society, they're also plagued with their own personal problems. So how can they be good mothers if they are not healthy? How can they have a positive relationship with their daughter if they have all kinds of problems? It's not going to work. So let's just briefly talk about the different type of dysfunctional mothers. So if you fit in any of these categories, obviously you're going to have a problem with your daughter. And you're going to have a problem with other women, but we're just talking about the mother and daughter relationship right now. We're kind of zooming into that. So let's talk about the women who are trying to be mothers, but it's not working. They have a lot of problems. It's not, you know, it's not, some of them is not their fault. You know, some of them are just sick. They have all type of problems, emotional, mental, addiction, all kind of problems, you know, but some people, they can change if they choose to, but they choose not to because a lot of them don't recognize they have a problem. They don't recognize they have a problem and, and they are putting their daughters in a situation where it's very unhealthy. Most likely, their daughters may inherit some of their problems. So let's go ahead on and and talk about these dysfunctional mothers. And if you are in one of these dysfunctional relationships, obviously, you're not going to have a healthy relationship with your mother. It's going to be a problem. Let's talk about mothers who are narcissistic. Okay? These people, they do not care about anybody but themselves. If you're a narcissist and you're a mother... You're un- you are definitely an unhealthy mother. You're not going to be a healthy person. You're not going to be a healthy person. If you're not healthy, then you're not going to be able to have a healthy relationship with your daughter. Now, narcissists, they don't see their daughters as independent or separate individuals with their own identity, personality, mindset, or needs. They see their daughters as an extension of themselves and nothing more. All right? Now, a woman who's a narcissist, she's incapable of empathy with her child. She has superficial emotional connections with her daughter. 
She focused solely on her own needs and deprived her daughter of any support or love. She manipulates and controls her daughter to get her own needs met, to make herself look good. So this is the first dysfunctional mother and this type of dysfunctional relationship, she cannot have a healthy relationship with her mother. There's going to be conflict. There's going to be problems. Things are not going to work. If you have a narcissistic mother, automatically it's not going to work. She's going to destroy her daughter. She's going to tear her apart emotionally and mentally. She's going to destroy her self-esteem. Her daughter may have all type of emotional and mental health problems because the mother obviously don't know how to love. She's never been taught how to love. She doesn't want to learn how to love. She's in survival mode. It's all about her. She's extremely selfish and self-centered. Everything that she's going to do for the daughter somehow has to benefit her. She doesn't have natural maternal instinct. She just doesn't have that doesn't work that way for a narcissistic mother. It's all about her. She's a psychopath. Now, there's no way that a daughter can get along with a mother who's a psychopath. She's a narcissist. She's superficial. She's artificial. She's fake. Even her tears. All right, so let's move on. We have the other mother who is in the role reverse. Role verse, reverse. Now, this situation happens usually when a mother has a child at a young age, right? Maybe she had a child during her teenage years and the child basically grew up with her and now she has other children and the daughter becomes the caretaker of the other children. The daughter is take on the role of the mother. She's cooking, she's cleaning, she's nurturing, she's teaching, she's guiding the other children. Now, in in the other role reverse, we have the mother allowing the daughter to be her mother. Okay? The daughter is basically taking care of the mother. Whether she's providing her financially, she's cooking for her, she's cleaning for her, she's doing everything that the mother should be doing for herself. But she's not doing it for herself. Now, sometimes these mothers have problems. Maybe they're alcoholics, they're drug addicts, they have mental health problems, right? And maybe they're psychotic. And now the daughter becomes the mother. The mother is relying on the daughter for her daily necessities. The daughter has to go hustle. She has to prostitute herself. She has to go and, and make money. She has to be the one to do all the work, pay the bills. The daughter is denied her childhood. She's deprived of her emotional and mental needs. The mother is not taking care of the daughter. All right? Now, usually, again, these daughters, they grow up fast. You know, they have to be the one to think on their feet. They have to be very smart and street smart, intelligent, because they got to be the one to figure things out. Because the mother is not really teaching them anything, right? Now, sometimes these daughters find themselves in situations where their mother is a victim of domestic violence. You know, she's so beat down, her self-esteem is so destroyed that she can't even be a mother. And sometimes the abusive father or the abusive husband pretty much strip that mother of that role. 
she makes the mother the child, gives the children authority over the mother. And sometimes that child that's in the role reversal, sometimes she's sexually abused by the father or the stepfather. Because since the mother is no longer providing adult care for the children or for the husband or the boyfriend, now the daughter is taking her place. The daughter could be a victim of incest, sexual abuse, or a sexual assault. Because the mother cannot protect her. She's not doing her job. Right? Usually the mother develops a type of addiction or alcoholic problem or she has mental health problems. Right? Now, let's talk about the immense mother. Now, this mother, she she do not, she she does not acknowledge any kind of boundary between the, the her daughter and herself. There is no boundary between her and her daughter. She's in control. All right? She's the mother that's going to run her daughter's life. She's going to tell her daughter what to do, when to do it, how to do it. She's going to live through her child's achievement. She's the mother that's going to put her child in modeling and ballet and karate and, you know, and, you know, and uh, spelling bee. She's going to live vicariously through her child. She didn't have a life. She probably sacrificed everything to be a mother. And now she wants her daughter to be what she couldn't be. She's going to be overwhelming, overprotective, and restrictive of her daughter's behavior. And she'll exploit her daughter for her own selfish gain. All right, this is the immense mother. She's the overbearing, overprotective. It seems like she cares about her daughter. She seemed like she wants the best for her daughter, but in actuality, she's living through her daughter. Maybe she's using her daughter to get contact, using her daughter to meet men, to meet people who are important or instrumental in her career. So it's not something that is in her daughter's favor. So you cannot have a healthy relationship when you are involved in an immense relationship with your daughter. It's not going to work. You're not a healthy mother. You are dysfunctional. Another type of dysfunctional relationship that happens between mother and daughter is mothers who are unavailable. These mothers are emotionally detached from their daughters. They withhold their love, affection, and attention. There's no physical connection or contact with their daughters. They're not giving them hugs and kisses, and they're not trying to be comforting to their daughter in any way. They're unresponsive to their daughter's emotional needs. Basically, they're emotionally and physically abandoned their daughter. Daughter becomes needy and emotionally deprived. These mothers are unavailable to their daughters. Deliberately, they're doing that intentionally sometimes. Some mothers, is because they're psychotic and they have all type of problems. And because of their problems, they automatically are not available emotionally for their daughters. So that's a conflict. How can you raise your daughter to be healthy if you're not healthy yourself? If you're not available emotionally to provide for your daughter's need, how are you going to help her be healthy? How are you going to help her be prepared to deal with life? How are you going to do that? Now, another type of dysfunctional relationship is the combative mother. This mother is very abusive. She's emotionally abusive, mentally, physically, verbally abusive. She's aggressive. All right, and she has a total dysfunctional relationship with her daughter. Right? Uh, she creates a toxic environment for her daughter. Very toxic. 
she sabotages her daughter's life. She practiced blaming and shaming her daughter. She rationalized negative behavior by rationalizing it. She believes that her behavior was necessary because her daughter's unacceptable, inappropriate behavior. These are the mothers who are very aggressive towards their daughters. If you see mothers and daughters fighting, physically fighting, physically hitting each other, it's a combative, dysfunctional relationship. That's the reason why they don't get along, because they both are abusive. The mother, it's her responsibility to protect and nurture and guide and love and support her child. And when she fails to do that, the daughter can become very angry and resentful or frustrated and attack her. Not saying that is right, not saying it's something that should happen, but this is the dynamic between two sick people, a sick mother and a sick daughter. Right? There's a toxic environment. That's the reason why they're going back and forth, arguing with each other, disrespecting each other, screaming and yelling, calling each other names, sabotage. And a combative, dysfunctional relationship, mothers and daughters will do things to retaliate against each other. Sometimes the daughters will sleep with their mother's boyfriend or mother's husband when she comes of age. Sometimes um, she will sabotage her and make her lose her job. Sometimes she'll falsely accuse her and, and report her to Department of Children and Families or Children Protective Services. Right? Sometimes the mother will try to even kill her daughter. Now these are the, that total dysfunctional relationship between mother and daughter. That combative. It's nothing that's good. All right, a dismissive relationship between mother and daughter dismisses daughter's accomplishment as insignificant or minimize it in some way. Now we have mothers, they're not violent towards their daughters. They're not abusive directly. They're not aggressive. They're not sabotaging, but they are very dismissive of their daughter's accomplishment. You know, they don't want to acknowledge when their daughters accomplish something great. They don't want to acknowledge it. They just ignore it, act like it's not that serious, it's not that important. They ignore their daughter's need for attention, validation, and support. They just act like their daughter don't exist. All right? They act like their daughters don't exist. All right? They deny their daughter's positive attributes, traits, intelligence, or talent. They dismiss it. They act like it's not there. It's not there at all. They just ignore it. And sometimes they do that because they're jealous of their daughters. Some mothers are jealous because their daughters accomplish certain things that they weren't permitted or allowed to accomplish. Their daughters are actually experiencing things that they were denied the opportunity to experience. Or their daughters are stepping out of the box and they're able to enjoy their lives and be free and not being held back. So they don't want to acknowledge their daughter's accomplishments. They don't want to give their daughters the attention, the support that they need because they feel jealous or they feel angry because of their own situation. All right. The last one we're going to talk about is the controlling mother. She likes to micromanage her daughter. She doesn't allow her daughter to be independent. She don't want her to think for herself, make judgment. She doesn't want her to make choices for herself. She makes her daughter feel that she's incapable of taking control of her life or, or making good decisions. She makes her daughter feel inadequate, helpless, or powerless. That is a controlling mother. So we just talk about some of these dysfunctional relationships between mother and daughter. Now these dysfunctional relationships between mother and daughter, they're not good at all. 
They're not good at all. They're not good. And that's the reason why there's a lot of conflict, a lot of challenges, a lot of difficulties and problems between mothers and daughters because of these issues. Because of these issues. All right, now let's just briefly talk about some of the things that daughters expect from their mothers. Now, in a healthy relationship where the mother is healthy and the daughter is healthy, a daughter expects the mother to provide for her basic needs, her basic needs of food, clothing, shelter, love, protection, security. She expects her mother to understand her, accept her, be respectful, be loving, be kind. All right, this is what a daughter expects from her mother. Now, if the mother fails to do any of these things or some of these things or most of these things or all of these things, the daughter is going to be angry. The daughter is going to feel resentful. She's going to be frustrated. She's not going to want to have a relationship with her mother, especially if her mother is not acknowledging her as a person, as a human being. If her mother is being a sexist and she's degrading her daughter, she's putting her down, she's treating her as an object, as a thing, as if her daughter is her property, her daughter belongs to her, and that she can do whatever she wants. If she's treating her that way, obviously there's going to be a problem between the mother and the daughter. That's just a natural thing. Now let's talk about mother's expectation. Not all mothers, but some mothers of their daughters. What do they expect? Most mothers expect their daughters to be kind to them, to be respectful, to be supportive, to be understanding, to be loving, to be respectful. The same things that a daughter expects from a mother, a mother expects that from a daughter. The same thing. Now, if a daughter fails to do that in any way, of course, the mother can become angry, resentful, bitter. Unfortunately, dysfunctional mothers can become hateful and they can make their daughter's lives a living hell. Now, again, a daughter is expected to respect the mom, but the daughter has to be taught respect. If the mother is very disrespectful to the daughter or she's disrespectful to herself or towards herself because she has self-hatred, she's operating under the inferiority complex, then her daughter is going to learn to disrespect her. Her daughter is not going to respect her because she is being taught to disrespect her mother by her mother disrespecting herself. Now, if her mother is disrespectful to her, if the mother is disrespectful towards the daughter, the daughter is learning. She is going to mimic the mother. She's going to repeat exactly the same behavior. So mothers, if you want your daughters to respect you, you have to respect yourself in order for her to learn to respect you. You have to give her respect, treat her respect, show her respect in order for your daughter to learn to respect herself and to respect you. It's very important. All right. Now, the problem is, again, some of the mothers are perpetuating sexist gender roles. Unfortunately, some of the mothers love their sons and they don't like their daughters because of the system of sexism. Because sexism basically devalues women and values males. Now, most women are expected to have sons as their firstborn child. 
And if they don't have a son as their firstborn child, they face a lot of backlash. They face anxiety, disappointment, frustration, even a possible divorce or separation. Because a woman is expected in certain cultures, you know, in all cultures, really, all cultures that are under the system of patriarchy, they're expected to have the first child as a boy. Now, ironically, the woman is not responsible for the gender of the child. It is not up to a woman if a child is going to be a boy or girl. It's up to the male because the male sperm, if it's carrying the X chromosome, then the child is going to be a girl. You have XX because a woman automatically carries the X chromosome. A woman doesn't carry a Y chromosome. So a woman cannot produce a child, a boy child, because she needs the male's Y chromosome. So it is the male that's going to give a Y chromosome to make it a boy, XY equals a boy, or contribute an X, which XX equals a girl. So women are being penalized for not having sons when it's not their role to produce a, a son. It is the male that is contributing his Y chromosome with the sperm that's going to make the child a boy. So some women are really stressed out, very afraid and worried because they are not able to produce a son. And so can you imagine a woman having a child, expecting to have a son in order to keep her marriage together, in order to make her husband happy, in order to keep the family in a patriarchal society happy that a son is going to be born to carry out their legacy as males? And she produces a girl. Automatically, she's blamed. It's her fault. But again, biologically speaking, she's not the one that's responsible to produce a boy or girl. It's the man. The man is the one that decides whether a child is going to be a boy or girl because he's contributing the X or the Y chromosome. But yet a lot of women are so stressed out during their pregnancy. They're so worried because they are expecting to have a boy. And then it turns out to be a girl. Can you imagine the disappointment? Now this girl is not welcome. This girl is not loved. She's not appreciated. She's not cared for or nurtured because she is a girl. She's the opposite of the gender that they wanted. So because of that, that creates a lot of friction, a lot of problems between mothers and daughters from the very beginning, from the pregnancy. Before that child is even conceived, the mother is praying for a boy. So when she finds out in the delivery room, before there was ultrasounds and people couldn't determine what the gender was, when she finds out, can you imagine how disappointed she is and the father is and all the other family members? So if a woman is coming into the world, she's not welcome. She's not loved simply because of her gender. It's unwanted. So a lot of women do perpetuate those bias and sexist, you know, uh, type of stereotypes. And because they do, then sometimes their daughters become very resentful of them. Their daughters, you know, cannot get along, cannot accept that. Some mothers expect their daughters to continue these sexist cultural traditions and customs. And their daughters are resentful because they're suffering. And the mother suffered too, but somehow she benefits or she act like she doesn't notice the problems, the conflicts, the difficulties that she encounters as a woman. And she dismisses it and just continues to perpetuate these sick cycles. All right? 
Now she's willing, the mother's willing to be selfless and sacrifice her life to perpetuate these sexist uh, cultural traditions. But the daughter doesn't want to do that. She wants to have a better life. So that can create a lot of conflict between mothers and daughters. The mother wants her daughter to be silent, not express her emotions, just to maintain the peace, just to perpetuate the cycle of patriarchy. And the daughter refused to do that. She's going to vocalize. She's going to articulate her concerns. She doesn't really want to remain silent and not say nothing because she knows that it's a problem. She doesn't want to continue to suffer because it's going to be intergenerational because her grandma went through the same thing that her mother went through and she's going through the same thing. So at some point, it's going to have to stop. It's going to have to end. All right. She doesn't want to continue to play the same roles. She doesn't want to be just a caregiver and a caretaker and a housewife and clean up. There's nothing wrong with doing those things. But when you're sentenced to that, when you're not given the option or the opportunity to do other things as a woman, it's a problem. So a lot of daughters have a problem with their mothers because the mother expects them to continue this sick sexist cycle. It goes from one generation to another. Expects her to be dutiful. Expect her to be obedient. Especially to the males who are given the authority in the household. And sometimes they have to be subservient to their brothers. Their brothers. They have to humble themselves to their brothers. Sometimes their younger brothers are given more respect. Are acknowledged for their success and their accomplishments. While their, the daughter is just totally ignored. Like she doesn't even exist. She's get dismissed. And she's deprived of an education just to her brother so her brother can have an opportunity to go to school. She's de- deprived of, of, of opportunities for her to excel in certain areas. Maybe she can learn how to play the piano. You know, maybe she could learn how to do this. She learned how to do that. But she can't because her brother is giving preference. She's denied that opportunity. Simply because she is a girl. So when mothers perpetuate this sexist cycle, their daughters become very resentful. Their daughters become very, very angry. And this is what's causing the conflict between mother and daughter. Sometimes the daughters see how the mother allow herself to be used, abused, and just taken advantage of. The daughter is sitting there watching that. And she becomes resentful of her mother when she sees her mother allowing other people to do these things to her. And her mother is not fighting back. The daughters sometimes don't understand why the mothers do the things they do. The daughters just don't understand. She doesn't understand that the mother is traumatized. The mother is suffering from low self-esteem. The mother is going through an inferiority complex. The mother feel powerless and helpless and defeated. She doesn't understand the mother's history. Maybe the mother was traumatized through child abuse. Maybe the mother was a victim of incest. Maybe the mother was sexually assaulted. You know, maybe the mother was abandoned and neglected. Maybe she went to foster care. A lot of times mothers don't share with their daughters the difficulties that they've gone through, their shame of their past. And sometimes they want to bury it and they don't want to talk about it. So their daughters don't really understand where the mother's coming from. And that's the reason why she learns to despise the mother. 
Sometimes she's resentful of the mother. She's frustrated because she doesn't understand why the mother's doing the things that she's doing. Now, sometimes uh, daughters don't want their mothers giving them unsolicited advice, you know, because they see their mothers as a failure. They see the mother as weak. They see her as less than not good enough. Sometimes the daughters internalize the sexist beliefs and they look down on their mothers. Maybe their mother may not be as educated. Their mothers may not be as smart. So they do look down on their mothers and that creates the conflict and the problem. Sometimes the mother is in competition with the daughter. And that's the reason where there's a lot, there's a lot of conflict because they are in competition with each other. Okay, the mother's trying to outdo the daughter. She's trying to look prettier, sexier. She's trying to be smarter. All right, and the daughter resents the mother being in competition with her. And sometimes the opposite. The daughter is in competition with the mother. And the reason that why that happens, again, because both of them are suffering from low self-esteem. All right? Now, the mother is supposed to be the role model. She's supposed to be the one that's providing the guidance, the education, the support. She's supposed to be the one that the daughter is able to emulate, able to look up to. But if the mother is not right, she's immature, she's dysfunctional, she's in an uh, abusive relationship, she's addicted to alcohol or drugs, she has all type of mental health problems, then the mother cannot be a good role model for her daughter. And the daughter could be very resentful because of that. That's the, that's a source of conflict. Okay, if the mother's constantly criticizing or putting the daughter down, of course the daughter is not going to want to hear her because that's going to make her feel bad, right? Some daughters believe that their mothers are always trying to manipulate and control them. And that's the reason why there's a lot of conflict between the mothers and daughters, all right? uh, Some mothers want their daughters to have their values, morals, or ethics. They want their daughters to follow them to follow their footsteps or follow their lifestyle. And obviously, the daughter may not want to do that because she doesn't like the mother's lifestyle, the mother's choices, what the mother is doing. Maybe she doesn't like that. Maybe she feels real bad about that. Her mother is living some type of lifestyle that is destructive, that is inappropriate, or that is shameful, that is immoral. A lot of times, daughters watch their mothers do some things that are just not right, all right? Exposing their daughters to a lot of bad situations, exposing their daughters to danger, to abuse, to sexual assault, right? They expose their daughters to a lot of things. And because of that, some daughters are very resentful towards their mothers. And this is the source of the conflict. They do not want to grow up to be like their mothers. You hear some daughters that say that I do not want to be like my mother when I grow up. I don't want to be like my mother. I don't want to be like her. And they say that maybe it's a valid point because their mothers are dysfunctional. Their mothers are immature. Their mothers are addicted. They have all kinds of problems. Okay. Their mothers sometimes feel like they're entitled to have their daughter's loyalty love and support because of her personal sacrifice. They feel like their daughters have to listen to them because they had her, because they gave birth to her, simply because they gave birth to her, not because they're doing anything to prove their loyalty to their daughter, not because they really sacrifice genuinely 
for their daughter. I mean, it was self-serving, you know, and and, in actuality is their job as a mother. But yet they throw that in their daughter's face. They, you know, they, they use it as a tool to manipulate her. Well, I gave you birth. I sacrificed my life for you. I gave you this. I gave you that. And because of that, a lot of the daughters are very resentful of their mothers. They're very resentful because the mother's constantly trying to manipulate them by throwing in their face, so to speak, all the things that they've done. Now, I'm going to have to go ahead on and stop here, and we're going to continue in part two. We're going to continue in part two. Thank you.